Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, let's all celebrate. September is over. We are now in October. The worst month of the year for stocks is behind us. We have smooth bit, smooth sailing ahead. Maybe we're gonna bring in Mr. Dan Bird. Tell us what's going on. Alrighty, Dan. September's over. Thank God, September's, September's over. over. Exactly. I'm gonna show you some empirical evidence of uh, September being the worst month. Very cool. Well, let's get into it. What do you got for us? Yeah, I know we've got a short time frame today. So um, let's talk about what happened last week. Mm-hmm. Let me share my screen here. If anybody wants the newsletter, just go to the breakpointtrading.net and sign up and make sure that you subscribe to the free newsletter. You won't have to put in a credit card or anything like that, but you do have to subscribe in order to get it. But it's free. Yep. And then if you want all the other stuff that I that I will show using my website, then, you know, that's $99 for a year, but that's still pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. By the way, I showed it to my uh, financial advisor and he immediately signed up for $99 yes. and he goes, you should be charging $99 a month for this. I, uh, I agree with him. Once, once you get your YouTube channel going, yeah, but I'll, I'll look at that. But this uh, cartoon right here, these are cartoons that are in the newsletter. These are two of them where Powell isn't even looking at the bear behind him. Just says a little yeah, just bit Just a higher, little bit little more. Higher. <laughs> Wham. Yeah. Lunch. All right. So let's take a look at, uh, let's take a look here. This is the website. Um, one thing I want to point out from one of your subscribers Mm-hmm. Uh, from the YouTube channel last week. If anybody watched the YouTube, you might have seen this comment there. It was very insightful, I thought. Yeah. Where he said, if you draw a line from the low in October and connect it to the low in March, it exactly touches the low that we had last week. And that the one wow. that we bounced on, the one we bounced on actually. Yeah. That I said that I said that was a hammer. That when I did my my uh, Wednesday session, my midweek mm-hmm. by myself. I said, we have a hammer, and I think that means we're going to be bouncing and going back up for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's right. It, it exactly touched it. And then he went on to say, if you take that exact line and duplicate it and bring it to the top, it touches the, the high in November and the high in July. It does. That's kind, of, that's kind of spooky. Well, the market works like this all the time. The market is very symmetrical. It's mm. pretty interesting the way that this happens. So this is a channel that it's been respecting since uh, before the beginning of the year. And he went on to say, if it doesn't exceed the neckline, which it didn't on Friday, it hit the neck, neckline exactly for this head and shoulders right here, and then started to go down. If, if that happens and it goes through the bottom of this channel line, then the target might be around 3850. I think probably 3800, which is where the bottom right here was. Okay. And I went on to say, yes, that's true. But if you look at the other side of it, since it's been respecting this channel, 
it might, might also very well keep on going back to the top of the tip. And that would put it right at the all-time highs around 4,800. Okay. If it did that. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how this works out. This particular um, chart is right on my homepage. There's no subscription needed for hmm. this homepage nice. right here. So all these charts are there too. The NASDAQ looks very similar. There's the head and shoulders. It actually breached the neckline slightly and then bounced back above it. So we have to watch to see what happens here next week. Okay. Now, since, since they've kind of temporarily resolved the uh, government shutdown, I think that's what was causing the market to go down Friday. Mm -hmm. yep. I think that might cause a little bit of a rally here. But yeah, the first couple, of, first couple of weeks of October still are going to be rough, I think. It's not, historically, it's not until about the third week of October that the rally, the end of year rally starts, once oh, we get into okay. earnings. And I think earnings are actually going to come in better than expected because I think the estimates have been lowered considerably. Yeah. So for that reason, I think they're actually going to, you know, a lot of companies are going to start to exceed those numbers. Okay. Um, so in this chart section, you know, you talked about the recession potentially starting in Q1. Mm -hmm. I think, I now think we will have a recession next year. I still think it will be short and shallow, mm -hmm. but the two, there's three things that I really look at, but two of them, first of all, is the inverted yield curve, which the chart is right here. By the way, all the charts here on the website update automatically, dynamically. So if you click on any of these at any time during the day, it will show you whatever the market is showing at that time. So the inverted yield curve right here, and you can see these blue markings, I actually put where the yield curve goes back above zero. Zero is this pink horizontal line right here. Mm -hmm. So whenever it goes below zero or it's inverted, usually a recession follows, but the recession does not follow until three to six months after the yield curve goes back above zero. Hmm. All right. So in all of these cases, you've got four months here, you've got six months here, and you have five months here. And the yield curve is not yet inverted, uh, gone back above zero. But notice how quickly it's increasing right here. You yeah. see the acceleration of it right there? Absolutely. That little gray line. Mm -hmm. It's heading back to zero pretty darn fast. So that's one thing that we, we've got to watch. Will it get back above zero? And once it does, then the clock starts ticking. Then we've got three to six months until the recession. The other way to look at it is with Fed rate hikes. And again, if you look historically, recessions don't happen until about six months after the Fed starts cutting rates. Hmm. So in 2001, six months after they started to cut, recession. 2007, six months after, recession. COVID crash, six months after, recession. So they haven't started cutting yet either. Right. So for those two reasons, I think it's going to be a little later than Q1. Okay, I like it. I, I respect it that. Might be more like Q, end of Q2 or Q3. Okay. But these are the things we have to watch because that's when we start the clock. Once those things happen. Historically, that's what's happened every single time. Yeah. So maybe this time is different, but Probably not. Okay. The other thing I want to show you um, that I added this week on the website, this is for subscribers, is um, a seasonality chart. Hmm. So seasonality takes the data, in this case, the data over five years, and it looks at the average for every single month 
for any symbol that you want, which month does it outperform? So we can look at, for instance, let's look at technology. So if we click here for technology, you can see over five years, look at November, 100% of the time, this says percentage of months in which the XLK closed higher than it opened. Hmm. All right, 100% of the time in November, it closes higher than it opened. Hmm. And the numbers down here show you on average over this five year period, what percentage it gained for that month. Hmm. So over yeah. five years for this month of November, it gained 6.9%. Hmm. And October, it gains 3.7%. Interesting, right. huh? Yeah. And you can do this with any of these things. The, the one that I think is really interesting is if we look at the queues down the lower left is where some of the seasonality charts are, plus on all these sectors. All the sectors have one. So if you want to look at energy, for instance, Energy has just been on a tear lately. If you look at energy, you can see that September is usually pretty good, although down 1.8%, hmm. but still 60% of the time it ends higher than it opened. Hmm. But November and December are pretty good months as well. And October is a good month, up 7.3, up 6.5, and then December up 2.6. Hmm. So the, these are great ways to determine if you, if you want to get into the market and start building a position on something you might want to look at the sectors and look at the seasonality to see when is the best time down here in the lower left if we just want to look at the nasdaq look at that there's the nasdaq november 100 percent of the time it ends november higher than it than it started Interesting. and it averages 5.7 percent in november pretty interesting if yeah. you want to look at XLY, so this is discretionary versus staples. In a healthy market, one that's going up, you want discretionary to be outperforming staples. Discretionary is an aggressive sector. Staples is a defensive sector. Yeah. So let's see how they do. Well, interestingly, October, 75% of the time, uh, discretionary outperforms. And this 0.3 down here is the amount that it outperforms the other. So discretionary outperforms staples 0.3, 0.2. But look at December. December, all of a sudden, value starts to outperform hmm. in December. Even though 50% of the time discretionary is outperforming, it's actually a negative number here in December. Hmm. So it, just something to watch for. Um, Qs versus the spies, same thing. This, this really points out what I was saying, that September is the worst month. Yeah. Okay, so this is uh, the, the Q versus the SPY. Zero percent of the time, it's higher at the end of September. Wow. But then look what happens in October and then November in particular. And in all these charts, you should see a trend that November is where the rally really gets started. Okay. Um, the other interesting thing in here is, again, the discretionary versus staples or and the the um, NASDAQ versus the S&P. This one in particular, what I did was, because the triple Qs, which is the ETF for the NASDAQ, is a weighted ETF. Mm -hmm. And I put the top five weightings of this in here. So Apple represents 11%, Microsoft nine, Amazon, et cetera. 
And then for the S&P, it's, it's the same one, except down here, Google replaces Meta, interestingly. Hmm. So the S&P is also weighted. So it shows, you know, if this is moving up, that means the NASDAQ is outperforming the S&P. But the one below, I compared it with the equal weighted. <clears throat> now, in this case, these are not weighted. Each of the components are not weighted. They're all given the same weight. Hmm. So this tells you more broadly how the market is doing rather than just the Magnificent Seven carrying the market higher, right. which is what the top one tells you. This one tells you how, how is the whole market doing because they're all weighted equally. And it still is, is going up so that the NASDAQ is still outperforming the S&P, but you can see how it's all moved sideways. In fact, both of these have moved sideways since June. So what we need to see now is this breakout at the top. If we are going to get that end of year rally, this is going to break out at the top and this will, the, the Qs will start outperforming again. If, on the other hand, we drop through the bottom of that channel that I talked about earlier, mm -hmm. and we start going back to that 3,800 level, then you should see this drop through the bottom of this sideways channel and start to move lower. Got it. So something that we'll have to watch as we go forward. <clears throat> now, the XLY and XLP, this is discretionary versus staples. So discretionary are things that we want to buy. Staples are things that we have to buy, like toilet paper and toothpaste and deodorant. How do those compare? Again, XLY and XLP are weighted, and you can see the weightings here. Amazon makes up 25% of wow. this ETF. And Tesla makes up 20%. So just these two names make up 45% of this ETF. Wow. The one below is the equal weighted for both of those. So all of the stocks are weighted equally. So they're not weighted. By the way, the staples is much more um, diversified. You know, Procter & Gamble is 15, Costco is 10. These are the top five, Walmart, Pepsi, and Coke. Hmm. But the interesting thing to notice, if you see this little box that I drew right here, mm -hmm. right here at the at beginning of September, Tesla had some really good news. I can't remember what it was exactly. They had great news about a new plant or something okay. or, or more cars being sold or something like that. But Tesla had some really good news the beginning. And you can see the effect that just Tesla has <clears throat> on the XLY. You can see in that box, <clears throat> XLY is outperforming the XLP. Right. Whereas down here, when you're weighting them all equally, it's the reverse. Yeah. Staples now is outperforming discretionary. So that's what happens in a weighted ETF like this. One or two names can really cause it to outperform. And that's really what's been happening in the whole market. So one of the things, one of the last things I'll do here in this session, and what I wanted to do last week on the uh, session that got corrupted that we couldn't post was to just walk through the Magnificent Seven, see what they were okay. doing. We'll just go through each one of these separately. So here's Google. Um, Google, there's three of these that historically have started to rally about three weeks before earnings which is right now, okay? So Google came down to the support level and now it's starting to rally back up. So these three in particular would be interesting to watch. Here's Amazon. Amazon has been having some real trouble making a move. It's well below its 50-day moving average. It went below this support line. It's just sort of hanging out there right now. So 
that it's, it's got a lot of work to do. I think that it looks like a weak chart. Apple is very weak. Apple has not been performing very well at all lately, mostly because of what's happening in China. All right, so Apple again went below its support line, but it has not recovered, has not been able to get back above it. So I would be careful with Apple. Here's Meta. Meta is the one that's probably held in there the best. It's just been going sideways through this whole period. And it's still in this channel, sideways channel. Meta is also one that starts to outperform about three weeks before earnings. So you might see this one start to rally if the market rallies next week. Um, Microsoft. <clears throat> Microsoft hit the same support level down here, starting to rally back. Got a lot of work to do. It still has to get through the 21 and the 50-day moving averages. So we'll see if it can do that. Um, NVIDIA. NVIDIA also started to rally. So it's starting to move up off of this, this weak support level right here. But NVIDIA too, NVIDIA reports a little bit later. So I think they don't report till sometime in mid-November. Yeah. So they've still got a ways to go, but they usually rally too before uh, earnings. Tesla. Tesla started to come down and then bounced right here at this support level and it's starting to head back up. And it's actually right at all of its moving averages. You see all the moving averages is right about the same place right there. So it's on the verge of a pretty pretty good rally if it can make it through that. And that might depend on the rest of the market, how it does. Then the two extra ones I threw in is Netflix, which is now bouncing right on a very important major support level. This is uh, net, Netflix is the one that I used as the example in the July training session that we did. Yep. Um, yep. And I showed all the way up where the support levels were. And in this case, we would have been out right about up here. And we would not be back in again because it's not above any of these moving averages. But this one might, it's also right at the 200 day. So it's at two very critical support levels. Okay. So this one needs to go keep going up or it's going to be in big trouble if it doesn't. And then AMD, the last one here, again, bouncing right on the 200 day moving average. So it's heading towards its, 50 day needs to get above that but this one might rally along with the rest of the market at, by the end of the year so that's what the magnificent seven looks like um i wanted to go through that last week but technology got in the way yeah <laughs> there you go well so i appreciate you doing all of this for us show your you uh, website one more time and we'll get into fundamental versus technical topic number two yes uh breakpointtrading.net just go out and register your email and subscribe to the free one. No credit card required. And you can get access to the uh, free newsletter. Awesome, buddy. I appreciate you. You bet.